Welcome to the Gwen Huddle. Uh, we're excited to have you, Len. Um, so thank you for agreeing to do this. And, no, thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, you and I, I think, met about a year ago through Satasha, who's our senior marketing manager at, at Gwen. And I think in, in my opinion, like learning that you worked at the Recording Academy, I think you always kind of assume that, I don't know, it's closed doors, very serious um, people, but it was um, nice and surprising to to meet someone like Young who works at the Recording Academy and someone who's, yeah, like, I mean, obviously very in tune with with what's going on in music and, and Young and, yeah, and, and outside. So that was fun. Yeah, I try. But, I feel like that's something... Um... I guess it's a misconception that a lot of people have when it comes to the recording academy. They feel like they're a little out of touch and outdated or they're ageist or whatever other um, whatever other parable you want to use. Uh, but I feel like that's that's something that isn't necessarily the case all the time. Um, and we try to, I, you know, we always try to just dispel those rumors any way we could with just the, with the work that we did. So, I mean, that's just well, something that I... That I've noticed during my time, as well as the, the coworkers that I had around me, that as a, as it was their mission to kind of just you know be able to let people know that we are, you know, keeping things in mind, and we're all trying to be as abreast of what's going on as possible, and not necessarily falling behind. Yeah, it makes sense. And how did you? I guess what's like the origin story of Len? Like, how did you get into music, and I guess eventually also working at the recording academy? Um, I started off what. I did music journalism at first. I came to LA years ago, no, not really understanding what I was going to do. I, I didn't take a traditional route where I interned at a, you know, label or distributor or or anything like of that nature because of other, a lot of my counterparts have. I, I definitely took more of a, a path towards corporate America, but then I also ended up getting a job at Entertainment Tonight. Uh, that entry-level job ended up turning into me being um, an online content producer for them, helping write different stories where my beat was mostly music. Um, and with them, that, that gave me a good shot as to what I wanted to do because journalism is something I've always been interested in. Music is something I've always been interested in since I've been a fan since I was a kid. Um, and then kind of bringing those two worlds together was a, a great first step. Um, after that, after my time at Entertainment Tonight, bounced around a little bit more, but then um, by happenstance, I, I ended up, a lot of that real world experience that I got from corporate America ended up getting me an opportunity to get to the Grammys, to the Recording Academy, to where a recruiter had reached out. I had, um, you know, been able to get my way in, be able to kind of prove myself from a work workplace standpoint. And from there, I was able to, you know, the job I have, job I had running the R&B rap and reggae awards there it was one of those things where the, the previous my predecessor he ended up moving on um to greener pastures so that kind of left the door open for me to come in and, and that's where I was able to really get a good footing on the business as well as being able to connect with like-minded individuals when it came to not just my genres but music in general so whether it's rock EDM, country uh, what have you? Uh, these are the folks that I got to like, rub elbows with and help educate them on what the recording academy is in terms of an organization and their processes and ways for all those folks that I've mentioned before to, to be able to be a little bit more part of it because 
it's a company where, you know, it's truly run by members and the members are pretty much the folks who are in the business as well as, um, you know, music creators. Right. Very cool. And was working in hip hop, R&B and reggae something that you were able to choose before kind of fully joining or is it something you were um, placed in? Uh, it was something that I got placed in, but also because of the fact that, I mean, that's the music I'm Jamaican. Uh, I grew up in, I'm from New York. So all that music already resonated with me from the beginning. Anyway, me being on top of it, just from a fan standpoint and my counterparts, they all worked in different areas, whether it was pop, country, EDM, classical, comedy, jazz, et cetera, et cetera. So the opening there was for the genres that I just mentioned, which Felt like a pretty much a perfect fit. So that, that was kind of like the cherry on top, to be honest. Nice. Pretty cool. And um, what what is like a day-to-day, I guess, essentially look like for you working at the Grammys? Um, day-to-day at the Grammys was like, was a little bit of everything. It's, it's just meeting different people. It's hopping on different calls. It's it's talking with your department or other departments to figure out programming or other ideas that they might have for online content or you know because half the year when you're not we're not gearing up for the show, the other half is usually focused on being able to service the music community in different ways, and that's through different arms of the academy, whether it was music cares or whether it was you know through artist relations and artist visits, whether it was through Grammy in the schools or whether it was through or Grammy U or a lot of different areas that I felt like it just it just had to make sense. And that was kind of the way our focus always lied, whereas we're just trying to figure out well, what makes sense, where where are we best utilized in those off days or those off months when we're not focusing on a, a big award show that everybody's known us for. What is um, Music Cares specifically? Like, what do you guys do there? I believe Music Cares is it's just a part of the academy that looks out for musicians and is able to be that philanthropic arm for them for them to, you know, reach out to in times of need. I believe Music Cares during the pandemic had given out over thirty million dollars in in money to help a lot of people stay afloat when it came to losing their jobs because a lot of touring musicians lost their you know gigs due due to COVID, and with that came a lot of other financial restraints and and issues that they had to face so that Music Cares helped step in for that. So that's a cool thing that I think a lot of people didn't know about it. And I didn't know about it when I, prior to me even being there. And it was just a great, good to know when I was there to be able to like gain more people insight as to how they could be a part of that. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> no idea. Um, and what are some like challenges that you face working at the Recording Academy? And I guess also like some triumphs that you've had over the years, um, so the triumphs, they, they, they're, there's so many, whether it's being able to, you know, connect with Nipsey Hussle and really try to figure out a plan. And unfortunately that didn't get to come to fruition due to the unfortunate news that surrounded him. But, you know, being able to be a conduit for a lot of artists that I feel like never knew what that process was or what the Academy looked like from the inside out. So I think one of those trials are always being able to educate those folks and their associated teams and labels and everything else, because I figured the better the education, the better they're able to use that for their own purposes when it comes to growing their careers. And that's, that's something that I feel like you think people would know, but it's not as intuitive as you would, you would imagine. So, you know, folks like myself and my other coworkers are able to get out there and really help 
push the agenda and let people know how it really operates versus what they were hearing through um through third party sources that may or may not have their all their facts correct. Um, as far as challenges, though, it, I I would say the one thing is that you know with them it's it is an older organization. And it's all based off membership. So it's one of those things where, you know, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. And I think the same applies for folks that are always clamoring for change, but not necessarily willing to make those changes happen on their own volition. It's, I mean, the, the organization goes as you want it to go. And as the, the group of folks that are looking to make changes wants it to go too. So that's something that I've tried to explain to folks that it is in your hands. It is on you to be a member, to be able to, you know, push the issue and force the issue when it comes to things that you want to see improved or altered or anything of that nature. And I understand it's hard sometimes because, you know, people have careers that they have to put into. They have people that they have to provide for. They have a lot of other obligations outside of that organization. And it's, I think it's a balancing act. If you really want to see something happen, that, that's going to be to you or anybody else's benefit within the music business. Right. Great, yeah. And and how how does the member structure work? Is it something that like the board elects or um what I understand is that there's professional members, which are obviously music professionals like your you and I. Um there's voting members, which are obviously the creators, so singers, songwriters, producers, engineers, um, ARs, etc. And there's all student members, which you know, part of the Grammy Youth stuff, which they don't obviously have the same um level of uh, influence as the other two tiers, but at the same time, they're a member nonetheless. And I think, I believe there was a peer review committee that helps sort that out. I, I can't speak on that since that wasn't necessarily my purview, but that essentially is it um, in terms of the structure. And yeah, I think they, I think they do that thing every year where they invite more folks in to be able to be members. And it's, you know, it's kind of like a, um, Kind of like a graduation of sorts, okay. where it's once a year type of deal. Nice. And um, I know there's different like um, chapters around the U.S. and I, I'm assuming maybe also abroad. Um, no, it's a national company, so I believe it was only twelve chapters in the in the U.S. Okay, cool. Right. Um, I wish I could say them off the top of my head, but you could think of like some of your major areas, like New York, Miami. Atlanta, you know, LA, so on and so forth. Chicago, I think that's kind of where most of the chapters reside. Okay. So, but I think it's still, I believe it was all open to international members as well. I, again, I, I never worked in membership, so I can't really um, go on the record and say yeah, that. But I do know that I yeah. think, I mean, it's, it's not, even though it's a national organization, it was never restricted to only national members, if that makes any sense. Cool. And I know there's like voting committees within that you can be a part of, right? I think so. I know that everybody who's a voting member, like I just mentioned on the tier, they're the folks that get to vote. So the folks that sign up for membership that are creators can vote. Everybody else can be a member. And um, I guess what's like a, is there a specific project or um, artists that you have, I guess, found rewarding to have worked with? I know you mentioned working directly with Nipsey Hustle in the past, um, but I guess how closely do you work with 
the artists as well on a on a yearly basis? Is it a select few or um, a good group of them? I think it all depends. Um, there was times before where I was able to work with Grammy.com to help curate some of their content series online, bring in different people, whether it was for like, you know, where, where you keep your Grammy series or a behind the board series where they highlight producers and engineers. So getting to work with folks like Chris Dennis or Hit Boy, things of that nature was always cool. So we'd be able to spotlight some of the people that may not necessarily get a lot of the shine, even though Hit Boy now is pretty much almost a household name, if not already. Right. But and back then, it was cool to be able to kind of shift the spotlight to some um, some undeserving yet, you know, or to some other folks that, you know, necessarily never got that spotlight, but were able to be an integral part in a lot of people's success. So I think that's that's been one of the great things about this job is being able to kind of connect with so many different players or, you know, like I said, just being able to work with folks when they came to um, putting together different programs and showcases, whether it was engineer focused or whether it was something that we were doing, I, I believe they we did a Grammy next gen thing where you're able to kind of highlight some of the different folks in the music business that have done exceptional work that are helping push the culture and the industry forward, you know, being able to highlight those folks, I think are just some of the many things it's, it's hard to pinpoint one thing when there's been so many things that I was able to be involved with. Just, just help move everything forward and help put a smile on people's faces and help build a better bridge towards the business and organization. Are there any specific artists you're excited about this year so far and in, in the lead up to the Grammys? Um, I'm excited to see what happens with African music performance because I'm sure everybody's heard of Tyler. She's amazing. Abido, Lucia, Jaka, there's quite a few. Um, Something that we were talking about at Gwyn last year, I think at the halfway point of 2023 was um i think there was a billboard article that had come out saying that there were no like hip-hop singles that had made it in the top 100 billboard chart and and it, it was an interesting conversation for us i guess given how we appreciate a lot of you know hip-hop and r&b albums that are coming out but it's not fully reflected in the top 100 at least at that point i think later on a few kind of got in there um how have you kind of i guess seen that reflected in the grammys um or even just like in, in your genre because you do work in in hip-hop reggae and r&b um, i mean well the grammys is one thing because as i mentioned earlier when it's 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 one it's the only peer-based award so when I say these people that do the same things as you do, so fellow artists, fellow producers, it's not a fan-based award, it's not a critics' choice award, it's none of those things. So it's kind of hard. I wouldn't use that as a barometer to gauge anything in terms of the music industry itself. Okay. Um, in terms of what hip hop has done, I mean, it's been, I mean, it's been on the rise since the '90s. It became the most listened to genre about 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, and despite what you just mentioned about last year with no you know, hot 100 number ones, it still is the most consumed genre. Yeah. Um, I, I know there's been a lot of reports of its demise, which I feel like are just obviously falsely and egregiously exaggerated, but that's just media doing what they do. Um, yeah. I feel like it's 
it's just a matter of, I mean, hip hop's the younger genre as well when you think about it. So it's still learning, it's still growing. It's really, it's, you can't really put it on the same um, barometer as you do with rock, pop, or country because those are they're totally different. Right. They have totally different demographics. They have totally different metrics. They have a totally different style. And in essence, it's a culture. It's not just the music. And it's hard to quantify culture if you don't live it. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's, so that's probably one of the reasons why hip hop has been so prevalent because of the fact that it's not just music, but it's a way of life almost. Um, so it's, all I know is that I don't see it going anywhere. I think it's just a matter of how else will this genre evolve over time? And who are going to be the, the stalwarts? Who are going to be the, the ambassadors for the said genre? You know, because it's, it's cyclical. It stays on top forever. And that goes for every genre. But I think it's just a matter of well, who's going to help carry the torch, you know, in this next decade and beyond that and beyond that. Because I'm sure a lot of folks that we've listened to in the past in terms of hip hop have inspired some of these newer folks that are coming out now. And maybe some unknown artists that we don't even know about yet until they pick up a microphone and actually start recording. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think I'm just fascinated to see how it all grows because it's something that I don't think anybody's ever been able to witness in their lifetime, but, or at least the ones that are, you know, still alive because I'm sure about the older genres that have been able to grow the way hip hop is. A lot of the folks that were around that time are probably not with us anymore, but I think with this with only crossing 50 years, um, you were able to at least, you're, we're still living through it. Right. And we're still witnessing it evolve into whatever subgenres and other subsects that is going to sprout off as everybody starts to kind of, you know, engineer their creativity within a, those constraints. Yeah, agreed. Well, well, but, um, and I guess, do you have any advice in, in your opinion for someone who wants to really start a career in the music industry? I feel like the one thing I can say is I mean, you really need to understand that it's not for everybody. It's not for hobbyists, especially. And if, if a music industry career is your goal, I mean, obviously identifying what you want to do within it. If you want to be an artist, you really have to put more than 100% into it. And you have to be ready for the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, because that comes with the territory, with anything in life, really, but especially in the music business where it's 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 as glamorous as it is tumultuous. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of people in it. It's a very small yet huge. And you kind of have to just keep pushing because um, I think the one thing that has been proven is people that quit usually never make it to where they want to be. So as long as you don't have that mentality and you're able to push through all the adversity you're going to face, uh, you can see, you can definitely see yourself on the better side of it coming out of it. Um, and if you're looking to come on the professional side, it's similar, similar focus. You, you have to understand it's, it's competitive. It's a big yet small industry. Everybody kind of knows everybody. And you want to make sure you put your best foot forward if you're trying to get in and have some value to add to it. Because, um, you know, turnovers, turnovers are natural in every industry, but especially in such an industry that's as niche as this one. Um, but a lot, it's, it's, it's a funnel. A lot of people want to be in it, but not so many can get in. So being able to have added value that the next person may not have it's going to always give you a leg up and allow you a chance to be able to get in and thrive and be able to kind of reinvent yourself and definitely not be resistant to change um regardless of what side of the coin you want to be on you definitely have to be able to adapt right i agree i think there's a lot less 
glare, I guess on the professional side mostly, but there's a lot less glamour, I think, than most people assume. Um, like personally working, I guess, in the industry for almost six years now. Um, I just always had a love of music, but once we really got into it and working with each artist and all the complexities of of how to get a project out and and working with an artist and their manager and then a distributor, it's a lot more complex, so many more steps than I think anyone really understands until you're fully in it. And and a lot of times where you're like, oh, like, gotta, there's a lot of personalities, I guess. <laughs> that's that's an understatement, hundred percent. But you're you're getting nail on the head. It's you're getting to see how the sausages are made. You're peeking behind the curtains, so it's it's different than just being a fan and be able to just consume. Like, the different layers there is behind the scenes and right. business aspect and the creative aspect as well, and watching those things merge into one that we as listeners get to enjoy. It's it's always fascinating. It's it's demystifying as well, you know, because at the same time that you're looking at it from a different perspective, you're not understanding the the amount of work it takes for a lot of this stuff. For the amount of work it takes for an artist to create a song, and the collaborators that they they want to pick, and whatever they're going through in their lives, all for that to culminate into how does it roll up into the business from a rollout to a possible deal into the marketing and promotion and and every other minutia and every other finite or fine point, excuse me, where people really have to pay attention and really have to, you know, cross their teeth and not their eyes. Because um, those small details can mean a, a big difference between success and failure. Right. I agree. I think it almost makes you appreciate it more. like A lot more. And, and finally having that product coming out and being like, wow, it really took us a, a lot to get here. As well as like the artist, it's really their life that they're putting out there. Exactly. And it's cyclical because now that you did that and then just do it again. Right. <laughs> and we don't know the timeline, but you got to do it again. And, and it all depends. Everybody's output is different. So it's, like I said, it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's exciting. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything that you, you would think and, and then some. Right. I agree. And I don't think it gets easier after each <laughs> somehow. No, but you do get wiser, I feel like. And that's the good thing yeah. when it comes to both sides of it, you get a little bit more uh, more know-how as to how you want to handle yourself in those different situations um, if you were never introduced to them before. Right. Agreed. It's, yeah, it's been interesting. Even, I feel like every year we have a new challenge and, and something also fun to kind of look forward to. This year we released our first final, which was a really interesting process. Well, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And so... I mean, obviously we had only worked with this artist for, for one year, but he had been holding on to the album and working on it for, I think, four years. So for him to, you know, trust us in handing it over for us to kind of market and then putting together a vinyl was was a really incredible process. Um, so it's cool to to kind of get it also like in your hands because we don't get any physical pieces anymore now it's streaming oh yeah yeah streaming has changed again to where physical has almost become a novelty now yeah exactly so it's like a, a really special thing to kind of be able to hold <laughs> yeah no, that's that's amazing congrats obviously you. everybody at Gwen seems to be doing their thing so I'm just happy to be watching from all from this side of the, the fence yeah, I appreciate it thank you yeah we're all learning and growing together so it's it's been fun um I guess um, for 
for the Recording Academy, have you seen any, I guess, impact in in the new rise of like AI? Um, is there anything that you guys have kind of been using? Any tools you've been using? Um, uh, as far as I know, and I think a lot of the industry feels the same way. Um, AI is a cool tool, but it's not necessarily the norm, nor should it be rewarded because it's it's, it's just computer generated learning. It's it's not you're removing the human element from music making and creation, and I think that's something that the human elements I think the more important than anything else in this uh, in this part of this business. And I'm I'm personally not a big fan of using AI to create music because. It feels as if you're, you're kind of cheapening the product. You're 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 mass producing it. You're turning it into McDonald's in a sense versus uh, you know fine dining. And I'd rather have people's experiences that they choose to share with us in a sonic form be from them and not a not a computer generated thing. And I feel like the academy is on. I think the academy stands on that. I think a lot of um, labels and companies do that too. I mean, there's lawsuits out there for folks that are trying it. Um, to just deter them from trying it. So I, I don't know what the future holds, but I think for right now, I think that's where it needs to stay. It needs to stay in the hands of human creators and not um, algorithms or whatever code that they, you're going to try and construct to create or recreate somebody's voice or help write a song when that, that almost just takes away the entire um, magic of music. Agreed. Yeah. I think, is is there... I guess any, I don't know if there's any regulations or, or anything of the sort to like sort out people who are using AI to generate music. Like, is could that be considered at any point? Like, to I would think so. I, but that's a slippery slope too because we, it's hard to. I mean, we don't know people's processes when it comes to making music, and I don't know if it's going to be a fool's errand. I mean, it sounds like it to try and police what people do because we can't be everywhere. We're not omnipresent. We can't just be everywhere at once to see what people are doing. So it's just, it's going to be interesting. And I, I think this is a question for the music industry at large and not just for one person, because it's, you can get a lot of different opinions based off of uh, AI itself. And you're going to have, you're going to have a million different opinions as to what they think should be done with this. Um, as, as much as it is ingenious, it, it is fascinating to see what can happen, but, like I said, I, as long as it doesn't remove the human element, I, I'm willing to see how it all evolves. Yeah. No, great. It'll be interesting to witness, hopefully from afar. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, I guess, your role, is there any advice that you would give artists, um, especially like rising artists who have kind of fully established themselves in in submitting their music to be considered for the Grammys? Well, I think the only advice for there is for if anybody wants to submit music to the Grammys, you just have to either be a member of the Grammys or have it done on your behalf of your label or your distributor or your publisher. I mean, those are the only, that's, as far as I know, that's, you know, those are the only two ways you could really get your music in. Yeah. So there isn't just, a, like I said, it's not just a wide net that gets cast. There are rules, and Grammy.com, I believe, has all the information dig through and look for they just kind of have to do the searching i mean you know whenever we want to learn something we google it right so i think the same applies for this type of organization whatever you want to learn you have to kind of seek it or find somebody that works there to be able to help you um, answer those questions but when it comes to submission yeah either you become a member or have a label i'll do it for you 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's all I really had for today, unless there was anything that you also wanted to discuss, anything on your mind. Um, I, nothing. I'm like I said, I'm excited like everybody else to see what happens uh, on that Grammy Sunday to see you exactly who walks away with that statue. Um, I know, I think it's, it's basically music Super Bowl, So I know we're all going to be tuning in. I, I know I will be. So I think that's the one thing I just want to add is just, I'm excited to see what happens and you know, go from there. With that crystal ball. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah, exactly. I guess we'll all be thinking of you if uh, Tyler or SZA wins an award. Um, no, we can only hope. Yeah. No, we hope. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. Thank you too.